0: Welcome to episode 462 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Righto, team, welcome along to episode. I'm pulling up the show notes right now, episode 462 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. Oh, how you going,
1: mate? Oh, a bit up and down.
0: It's a bit of a sad day, John. It's been well,
1: a sad week, is not it? It, it, it? I want to be on a positive note. Negative side, I'm injured. Not happy about that at all. And it's not a good injury, is it? No, but on the positive side, we beat Australia again at the Rugby League. Did you, want <laughs> you? I did not. Oh. And that makes me. More, that outweighs the this disappointment I had at injuring myself.
0: The league, like, known, I know, I turned on at halftime, and we were up 26-6, I think, and, uh, jeepers, the Aussies were just killing us in the second half, but our defence was a phenomenal, man. It was pretty cool. So, so
1: non-Australian, New Zealand listeners... Uh, Rugby league a Bit like cricket Hardly ever beat Australia We beat them Third time in a row Or oh, probably worse than cricket really yes. it's, the,
0: it's the first time in 50 years We've beaten them 60 years we've beaten them Three times in a row mm. So it was Yeah So go the Kiwis Yes Although we'd, we don't want to talk ourselves up with the Kiwis because likely Australia will smash
1: us next time. Yeah.
0: Anyway, I am talking proudly brought to you by
1: Athletics.com Social networking for endurance athletes Extreme endurance
0: Lactic buffer
1: And some of our
0: lovely patrons Including Matthew Holtwick And it's Price of Pain
1: uh, 007 Darren Jones so Ian White, White Lightning Hursley He was my roommate Richard the Golden One Lonsdale And the material provider Phil Patterson He doesn't oh. like that I think been, he wants to go back to the Philinator Oh, there's definitely the fillinator. Yeah.
0: yeah. That was the thing, we only said that because he had the fillinator. I know. Yeah, you can't change the fillinator. He has the fillinator. <laughs> okay, guys, in this week's show, what do we got? We've got a bit of news. We've got an age group. Are we not doing we
1: age need group? To age, we need some age groupers of the week, people. So, you know. You guys you, aren't sending the love through. Kiwis and Aussies, especially, you've gone through the whole season. There's got to be some performances in there you're proud of. Uh, we have Statistic.
0: We've got an interview mm-hmm. so of
1: Mecca. So announcing the Bahrain 13 endurance
0: team. And then we have also got a bit of discussion, on discussion about last week's interview, because last week we did an interview with Messick, and then we had to leave, so we didn't really talk about it after the interview, and there's been a lot of talk about it. A lot
1: of people getting fired up. <laughs>
0: Mixed opinions. Yes. Um. So we thought we'd talk about that ourselves, so we've got some questions and answers at the end. Okay, John, well, the big race we had last weekend was Man Australia. Where anything is possible. A- any- anything, anything. No,
1: anything. An- anything is thing. possible and think Why are you saying it, John? So <laughs> the poor old people who raced Ironman Australia, you know, especially the first timers or the people who had finish an Ironman, is a massive achievement. Yeah, you know, you'll get your finishers' t-shirt. Had a typo on the t-shirt. Anything is possible. Forgot the why. Yeah, it's a shock. They are working on it. And I saw a statement saying we're working on a res- uh, on, on a uh, resolution. A resolution to to. It's like, why don't you just say, okay, sorry, we stuffed up. We're gonna get everybody new t-shirts. I feel sorry for the person Who stuffed up Yeah You know That's what I mean Because it. oh, it's
0: mistake. one of those things We all do yeah. And me not being The greatest speller Although I don't know How to spell anything But you know Like you do, It's one of those things That we all just You know You just skip over You just, oh. and, and, and I'm sure More than one person Missed it mm you know and and maybe it's even like because we've had for our business we use this um printing company for our t-shirts and they're messing balls up in their times and and my joe she's the one who coordinates and joe does she'll send the first proof the second proof she gets it like joe ticks every box because that's kind of how she works and uh yeah so you feel a little bit sorry for the organizers but at the same time uh,
1: bit of a bit of a cock up yeah but anyway back to the racing so i mean australia was on and it ended up being good race on the guy's side um, a bit of a battle between paul ambrose and luke bell uh, they both well paul ambrose had a bit of work to do out of the swim he swam 47 versus the front guys doing uh, just under 45 and then he rode a 439 and only ran a 305 it looked like he was hurting on the run total time of 8.35.53. Luke Bell was second, 8.38 and Brian Fuller was in the third and 8.49. Luke Bell, whilst he did finish uh, about three, nearly three minutes behind, he did actually get, uh, according to the coverage when I was having a look, he got within about sort of 45 to 60 seconds oh, at he? one stage, so wow. it was really so closing he faded up. Um, and he, but he faded. Got to say the guy's run time's nothing particularly impressive there, you know, 3.01 for Luke Bell and 3.05 for Paul Ambrose. Um, That's what
0: I find interesting is the drop off. So we've you know, Paul Ambrose and Luke Bell, you know, just under sub forty. And then you know, you go down to a tenth place, it's a nine sixteen.
1: Mm. It's quite a big drop off, isn't it? It's it's not a fast course, but no, but but but, the, but but your your point the drop off is yeah. is pretty significant. Yeah. So yeah, they were they got pretty lucky. They had a massive amount of rain in Australia last week, a lot of flooding and stuff, and the days leading into the race it was absolutely bucketing down, but uh didn't actually look too bad on race day.
0: So we've got an email through from Pit Met Met. Bins and he was just saying, I'm oh, in mean, Australia. Was run and one yesterday. Given the crappy weather in the days leading up to the race, the race could have been a bit ordinary, but WTC stepped up and made sure things went okay. From all accounts, the race went well, even though overall times were down from previous years. Just a few notes from the race: It was the 30th anniversary, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool, uh, of the race, which should have been a bit more extra effort. May have gone into you would have thought a bit more extra effort would have gone into making sure the race went well from start to finish. First, they ran out of towels. -hmm. For people over the sixteen-hour mark, and one of the short four, the race organisers handing out towels from I'm in Western Australia last December. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so maybe we're not the sharpest effort we obviously talked about the, the spelling and he said that the food at the carbo loading was pretty bad so it could have sharpened up a little bit there mm. so
1: mm. Uh, the girls I think she had a good old Kiwi victory from Michelle Bremer. she actually lives over in Australia I believe 9.38 and again it was a pretty pretty close little battle she won by about four minutes from Jessica Fleming and Michelle Gailey and then in fourth place uh, we had Marie Sorel, who's a Kiwi again living in Australia and she was the first age grouper in I'm in New Zealand last year, so I think it really shows um, we have some amazing age group performances, but the difference between pro and age group is pretty significant um, so you know a lot of those girls who finish one two three they're not household names or anything but you sort of see the difference between first age group in New Zealand versus fourth over there which is still a great race yeah. but still sort of 20, 20 minutes or so off the pace um, so it is a big step up both in the girls and the guys you know we've seen um, first age groupers in Kona overall and then they make the move into the pro ranks and they they sort of struggle it's a, it's a big gap. Just, just on this, someone sent through
0: an email making the point that only six female pros actually finished the race. Yes. So it might come up later.
1: On. <laughs> it it <laughs> might do. We also had Wildflower at the weekend, and oh, Jesse took it out. Jesse Thomas took it out, who we had on the show pretty recently. It, it, Wildflower, it's going to be interesting to see how it sort of survives over the the, the next years. You know, there's so Is many races 70.3? coming. Up.
0: Is it, it a WTC race? No, it's not. It's still it's not. a wildflower no, okay.
1: triathlon. Um, it's, it's in a funny format now because you know in California, they've got so many droughts and stuff over there. They now do a swim and then they run two miles to the bike, then they do the bike and then they do another 11-mile run. So it's swim, oh, run, Oh, So it's actually not bike, a, a 4 marathon at the same <clears throat> time. No, but yeah, so t- distance is right. <clears throat> Excuse me but just because the lake that they used to use has dried up, so they can't use it anymore. I feel guilty eating my almonds these days because I know a lot of almonds are grown in, in California. Apparently they just use a ridiculous amount of water to, to grow their almonds, and uh, I feel bad eating my almonds now. It's every day I have them. Well, you're going to starve yourself. I am. You know, you're not running now. You know, you can't, can't get the same amount of food. How long are you going to be off re running for? Oh, I don't know. It's not, it's not looking promising. I was going for a swim last night, not this morning. I was, what's up? I yeah. was Jesse took in the Jesse Thomas took it out mate, from Matt Lieto and Chris Liferman. Elizabeth Lyles took out the girls' race from Heather Jackson and Rach McBride. We don't hear Matt Lieto much nowadays, do we? No. No. But this is Chris. This is Matt Leado, not yeah, Chris Yeah, Liodo.
0: yeah, But even Matt, we
1: haven't heard a lot of. In He's too time. busy doing his Ironman coverage. Yeah,
0: yeah. nice guy, Matt. Yeah. Um, okay, and we also had uh, seventy point three Utah North American Championships, and S- uh
1: it's pretty good field here. Stellar field. Oh. Yeah, um, but probably the thing that comes out of me. For me, the most here is Andreas Rehlerk back in the game, which I'm really pleased to see, and had a dominating run performance. So he ended up finishing third, so he didn't win it, but he did, and he lost four minutes on the bike. But he ran 112 against the likes of Tim Don, Brent McMahon. So just pumped to see him back, because you know, if anyone anyone was to win Kona, I'd love to see him do it, because he's just been so close so many times. Do you times. think it's actually possible now? Well, like He's I, been on uh, my pick for <clears> the last five years. I, I think I said just a couple of shows ago, I thought, you know, no chance, because um, he really hasn't shown it anything over the last couple of years. I know he's had huge injury problems but the fact that he's back running like that it sort of gives us an indication that you know, maybe he can. He's always had Kona, he's always either stuffed up the swim or stuffed up the bike. Something's somehow. gone wrong, something's wrong hey? something's and he's gone chased wrong. all day. And he's chased and um, and chased yeah. with, with stellar effort, you know, like he's, he's yeah. a fighter isn't he? So I'd love to see him win Kona but Jesus, solid field there. Um, so you had Tim Don, Brent McMahon, Andreas Ray, Tim Reid and Ben Hoffman, first five but Below that, there's still you know, a stack load of uh, stack load of athletes that <clears throat> are still you know, absolute stellar athletes. What about girls sort of things? I'm just trying to pull this up now. They've got this new tracking system, and I'm not really sure what I'm doing. Female, ways you're going to go female. Okay, let's have a look. Oh, there we go. Here the took it out from Meredith Kessler and Jody Swallow against Field, Annabelle Luxford, Alicia K, Rachel Joyce, Marybeth Alice, Miranda Carfrioni down. And seventh, eighth. Yeah, I'm not liking this new tracking system. I can't tell what place they are. Uh, so Lindsay Corbin down there, probably about 10th place. So great to see these championship races drawing championship fields. But uh, Heather Wertle, sort of picking up where she finished last season, and it's one of the best 70.3 athletes in the world now. She's
0: kind of, isn't she?
1: Mm. She's dominating the
0: dojo. Okay, Jombo, try equal. Is disappointed with the starts, Don, John, and they put out a proposal saying, look, we what we want to do is we want to look at the way we are starting the races because we feel it's unfair to the female athletes still, um, and so they've come up with a proposal around how they think we should be starting races.
1: And these guys are making some progress, so we've had Andrew Messick on the show, they're really pushing for this 50-50 thing, which we'll talk about in a moment, but As a result of this, they at the weekend, they changed the start times at that 70.3 we were just talking about, and the woman did have that gap. So the gaps are, so the male guys will start first. This is what they're proposing. Yep. then the female pros will start 10 minutes
0: after the male guys, and then the male age groupers will start 35 minutes after the female pros, so they'll be 45 minutes after the male pros, and then the female age groupers will be...
1: Will that be forty five minutes after the mean? after the men? Yeah, after the age group men. Yes, and oh, no, so no, it, no. This is forty five minutes after. the Oh, pro okay. Mean. So,
0: so basically, gonna be a twenty five minute gap between the female pros and the male age groupers, based on it must be if you're saying that the forty five. So the male goes go. Males go first. 10 minutes later, females go. 35 minutes later, so there's 25 minute gap between them, females. Uh, And then 10 minutes later, the female age groupers will leave.
1: That's what they're proposing for world,
0: national, regional and all long course championships. And then for the half course race, it would be
1: 10, 25, 35 from the male pros. So I think it's um, it's good. I mean, you want to see the girls having a fair race. Uh, Probably the group that I feel sorry for that get disadvantaged out of all of this and then there's no easy solution it's just the female age groupers who have got to go through right through the fields yeah and that's the people that suck I mean great the, the, the pro females yeah they need to have a fair race, in this way they will. Though they, they won't quite catch up to the the, the, the guys. That they could pace themselves off the crappy male, <laughs> crappy male um, pros that aren't having good days. You know, there have been instances where they've caught up to them and then sort of worked with them. And then equally, uh, there's always been the issue of the male age group is catching up and and pulling some of the 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 weaker female pro athletes pulling them up a little bit so this gap sort of works on that but i do feel for the female age groupers
0: so the question i have then is let's say they do implement this in kona what's the times in kona they have i think it was Pre- I, I don't know but it was somewhat similar to this but just the gaps are a bit, bit different so let's say they still start implementing this and you, you know because the problem is for the people the age groupers are the ones who are going to be pushing that 17 hour mark so does it then that
1: just everyone starts earlier uh, you can't start any earlier in Cone because it's just too dark and I think that's the challenge you have at most races. So um, the males did start, we, I think and we started at 6.55, eh? didn't we, this year? It was, I, think it was, I think the age group men started at 6.55 and I, I can't remember, we should have that in front of us, but the, the woman behind us. But look, at the end of the day, I think we've got that argument, but I think that at the championship races, that's just going to affect so few people mm. that I think the, 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 the benefits outweigh the costs. Okay. There in so. my, my humble opinion,
0: okay. Um, other news with Ultraman
1: Austria, Australia—the inaugural Australia. one over in Noosa this weekend. Oh, so, really? is this the fourth. Sorry, is this is the fourth or the third. Because uh, Canada, it depends how the branding. I mean, there's lots of ultra distance races. No, but under that formats. kind of Ultraman banner. So let me have a look. You can, you can have a have look th- there. And then uh, ta- also just one little uh, advertisement for Tanjapora. You know, if we've got any, if you are a top-notch coach, they are looking for a new head coach over there at pora So get in touch with them. So yeah, things are changing. Things okay. are moving. I'm um, Ironman Australia you've got uh, Ironman Ult- Ultraman Canada, Ultraman Australia. You got Ultraman Hawaii, and yeah. Off the top of my head, I don't know if there's any other Ultraman branded races. Uh, there are certainly lots of ultra distance races, Deckerman things like that, all, all over the place. You got the Florida, one the Florida Ultraman. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It'd be kind of cool if they just changed the, I don't know the qualifying system to get to a to to Hawaii, somewhat. Is it? What's the qualifying system right now? You kind of just got to go and do one. Oh, and then you sort of well, how do you do What well, you do it? You've got, to go, you've got to go and do Ultraman Canada or you've got to go and do uh, okay. an Ultraman race somewhere, I believe. Don't quote me on that, people.
0: Does the Ultraman Hawaii hold that prestige? But like if if I'm doing an Ultraman, like, like well, if if we look at Iron Man Kona, obviously <coughs> has this big prestige that our people are buying into. But when we look at Ultraman Hawaii. Oh, yeah. If you're in the Ultraman world, it does. Does it? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't necessarily so much for me, John. <laughs> um, okay, we've also got a discussion of the week, John. So last week's discussion of the week was uh, keeping participants. Wait a second, let me pull up Facebook. Let me pull up Facebook here. Facebook it's here. It's
1: basically what are the biggest oh, big challenge. challenges uh, that okay. uh, the WTC. WTC face this year. Now, this is a really tricky one because everybody wants to put in there their, you know, what, the, what are the biggest challenges facing WTC, you know, into the future, but I was trying to keep it specific to the next twelve months. What is the biggest challenge? Is it this fifty for fifty, 50 woman for Kona issue? Is it drags? Is it whatever that, that, that that's going to be the biggest challenge for the organisation?
0: Okay, so Lee Kennedy's come along. She's got convincing age groupers that their races are still worth the fifty percent markup on local events, which are also growing and receiving glowing reports year
2: on year.
1: Pavel Chalice, I like it, Pavel, this this time you didn't, uh, you you stuck to the topic, last week I gave you a hard time, making (laughs) the sport spectator friendly in order to attract sponsors, Uh, make pros earn millions, not thousands, if it uh, it works for boring as golf, then it can work for Ironman. Frank Houdini McVie,
0: he's got a challenge. See what I did there? Yeah. Joe nice. Bex
1: has got don't forget to wait, tip your waitress. Uh Lucy Francis, their biggest challenge will us will be us women and how they address the equality issue. Fifty women, uh, pro women for Kona on the start line. Oh, and while they're at it, they might as well split the age group slots e- at every race equally between male and females. That's got a bit of debate going. She's got a few replies going on there. Oh. But, uh, yeah, that's what Lucy thinks is the biggest challenge oh, this year. Minute, I clicked on. Do another one because I clicked on someone's name. Uh, Duncan Penfold, Price. Remember, Messick said that if pros want to earn money, they should look to add value to races and to... S- and to sponsors more, the the logic is the same for WTC. If they want to charge more, hence I mean more than others, not just more than last year, they need to justify it. Scarcity is no, not a factor anymore. So I think that's a good point. You know, there is more competition out there for WTC, and price you know it is going to become an issue for some people. Mike
0: through gold, have you done him? No. I think there's a problem with now with quality control problem. I don't see what extra value they bring to the pretty considerable extra costs involved. Texas 70.3 this weekend was an example where they reported they had a two to three hour line for registration because of lack of staff and volunteers. I'd rather race local and pay
1: less for better service. The funny thing was I saw somebody post on, I think it was uh, Jordan Blanco post on, Um, Twitter Twitter That she was at a race um, And maybe in 70.3 And the the AWA The All World Athlete queue Was bigger than than The queue There were so many All World Athletes there Uh, That it was bigger Than the general queue uh, Yeah, uh, Phil Whitehead, he was saying, with an increased staff headcount, entry fees can only go in one direction. Therefore, entry fees can only continue to rise. As the resurgence of independent events continues, WTC may struggle to keep their stranglehold on the sport. Personally, they are devaluing Kona, also with all their lottery spots, celebrity entries, etc. Kona should be the best in the world and those only. A way of improving Kona for the women would be to hold men's and women's races on separate days, 1,500 slots. Each day, okay, Joe Bexis has got. They need to work on the social media. The head in the
0: sand approach on Twitter is making Andrew Messick seem very arrogant. Uh, the 50 woman argument is a no-brainer. Just do it. It's not more prize money. They pay only 10d.
1: It's <clears throat> so. one for me. Happy Tremaine having enough races in the right locations, paying the pros a bit more. Um, have you done, Duncan? Yep. Yep. Uh, you done, Lucy? Yep. Done more, I think. wasn't Wasn't a big discussion this week. So, Jonbo, your thoughts? Uh, again, trying to keep it specific to 2015 and not sort of go out on, on these broader issues that are perhaps facing WTC in the long term. I think for me, just looking around, I think. Maybe keeping the participation rates up at the some of the older races, especially in North America, where they've got you know a lot of races now. Um, so some of those perhaps less popular races, you know, people always get attracted to the new shiny thing. You know, they've got Chattanooga and all these new races coming up, mm. and it seems like numbers are you know on the decline at some of those other races, which perhaps you know maybe Louisville and things like that. So I think that's probably a real challenge for them, and then um, you know just getting their pro coverage to be at a good level. I know they're, they're using the, the chips, uh, the, the... Which is still very kind of... First, which is new, but I see that as a real challenge because they have had challenges that, with that in the the first few races in terms of dropouts and dropout rates and things like that and, and in terms of Joe Public, like me, actually being able to go on there and seeing how it really works, so I see that as a big challenge, but also at the same time a real big opportunity. So rather than addressing, you know, any massive big issues that I think they've got long term, just in terms of a couple of the key ones for this year, I see that as being them. And I don't think this uh, 50 woman for Kona is going to go away anytime soon either. I think it's really hot in the media at the moment, um, and I think it will won't get as much coverage, you know, a few few months down the track. But I don't think that those girls are going away anytime soon.
0: Well, I think there's a couple of things. For me, I do agree with that, that technology because, like most technology, and I'm a bit of—I wouldn't say I'm an advanced geek, but I'm, I'm kind of can geek out on most things. Um, when I was in Melbourne, I kind of had a look, and it just seemed a bit like mm. so. I, uh, you know, like it needs to be like, an, like you know, if we look at what Apple does, Apple does a great things because they, you pick up their device and it works straight away, and you know, they need to make it so it's more user friendly. One hundred one, you just come in and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, and it all makes pretty much sense. But you know, again work in progress I think scaling is probably the biggest thing you know like when we talked to Andrew last week they are talking a lot about you know the the sense of the, the scaling into new markets and stuff like that and um, y- you know like scaling is, is a really challenging thing for an organisation to do and so it will be interesting to see how they are successful and probably in traditional markets like as Andrew was saying you know America UK australia new zealand you know we really have these big triathlon communities that you know you're instantly going to kind of find an audience how will they then go to into communities where
1: there is no audience and it's going to take some time to, yeah. to grow and the event numbers are going to be down quite yeah. a bit and how long will that how long how much patience do they have in those markets yeah and you know what how much
0: can they use time as a lost leader to actually build towards so it'll be interesting to see what happens on that front. I, I actually think the biggest issue issue is this dealing with this woman's issue. You know, like it is it is a big issue that for the the discussion it's giving a lot of attention. And so um, it seems like that their their approach from we'll talk about this a bit later on is that they feel they're doing the right thing right now. Um, but it is something that you know it's gonna be I don't think it's gonna go away anytime soon. So mm. that is one of the bigger things this year on the, on the social side of things. So uh, you know, they've got some some challenges. I, I, I'd agree with you with that whole idea of how do we not make the races that are around start to seem like second class cousins? Mm. You know, because it does seem a little bit like, you know, you look at I'm in Australia this weekend, it's 30th anniversary. Some of these kind of iconic races are just.
1: They're kind of nothing now, mm. are they? Well, they're not nothing. They're but, not nothing, but it's just a challenge the sport faces as it grows. You know, mm. it's just.
0: Yeah. And, and one of the things Man always had was scarcity. So scarcity mm. adds value to your product because if you've got scarcity, then it's like, oh, well, it's really hard for me to get into this race. Mm. Well, when they, there's an abundance of their product, what does that mean for their market? And um, you know, because there's only so many people who want to do Ironman, mm. and. Like I asked you Andrew last week about this whole idea of events, you know, those kind of colour runs and the mud runs and stuff like that. And that's that's a big market nowadays. Those mm. races. Like the colour run in Christchurch got more than six thousand people at it. Now, that's more than we get at the Christchurch Marathon. And it's the marathon's been going for thirty years. Now I know it's I don't know about sustainability long term of those races because I think it's mm. kind of just a one off experience. Yep. You don't necessarily want to get better at it, but you know, still these these events, you know, the kind of the market shifting, mm. and uh, as Andrew was saying. People racing often will lead to Ironman being the mecca, but actually, I think probably people racing leads to marathon being the mecca, and triathlon probably gets a bit of a flow on from that. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we're interesting to see what happens as we move forward through twenty fifteen. Johnbo, this week's discussion. So, if you were to qualify, if Kona qualifying was to be done equally for men and women, for both pro and age groupers, do you think it would actually increase the rate of female participation? So, what are you thinking here, John? Well,
1: it I. I don't, no, never say never, but Lucy Francis sort of said, you know, they should have equal slots for men and women um, for Kona and age group and pro. And so part of this argument from the females has been, you know, A, we want equality, get that. WTC are coming up from the angle, we want to increase rates of participation. So the question is, if they said, right, for Kona, we're changing the system, it's going to be equal for men and women. So you're in a 30 to 35 age group, there's yes. going to be 50, I mean, 10 slots for each age group. Yeah, you've got Iron Man New Zealand, Whatever, five slots fit for 35, to 35 men, five slots for women. Is that actually going to increase the participation rates in our sport? So does yeah.
0: Yeah. ah? So, so the question is, would basically for females because it's a female-dominated question? Yeah,
1: because they're, what they're, they're trying to 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 broaden, get more females involved in the sport. Like, you know, that's what Andrew Messick was saying. Is yeah, obviously the, the pros want fifty and Kona, but we want to just try to figure out ways where we can increase female participation rates in our sport so then if you had a pro rata system you know you want as many females as males I've to me, to me, I, I, I kind of got to talk a little bit about this now but it's to me the thing
0: is is that I don't know like we've talked about this on the show recently around this whole idea of why isn't that females do the sport more and we had that discussion a mm-hmm. week a few weeks ago where it was we asked females to answer why do you think more of your friends aren't involved in the sport I don't think that that's the market. I think the market is you know, how to get more females involved in triathlon, not Ironman. Because mm-hmm. I do think there's definitely a big market for, you know, look at the women's triathlon series we have had over in New Zealand for a period of time. They get thousands of women who will sign up for those types of races. Mm-hmm. And maybe the better question is for WTC or anyone kind of racing, doing kind of organization of races is how do I get more female to participation in triathlon? <clears throat> like, what's it like in an
1: ITU race? Is it 50 50? Uh, it's more 50-50 than it's closer to that than than what Iron Man is. Yeah, but it was just yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so this week's question is: Does Kona yep. slots actually do you think seriously think that will increase female participation rates in our sport? Mm. long term, short term, doesn't matter but would that make a difference mm. ok, yeah, let's see
0: ok, Jumbo sponsor
1: I love thanks you do John I do, because at the weekend I went uh, where this fateful injury happened that I've got, so I basically uh. pulled my calf muscle was it in a race? yeah, uh. <laughs> uh, so I'll tell, I'll tell a story of the race so I went out to this race and it's in a place called Woodend and pulled up there and this is just it's brilliant cross country. It is oh, just really? proper stuff. So yeah, you're ba- it's it's a, it's a four by five k um, team run team race. It was in your team two laps. So we had uh, Russell, Harrison, Kirk, Axel, and then Timbo McClurg and me. And how 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 well you normally go as a team? We would have done pretty well. We would have got in the top three probably. Oh wow. Mm. Uh, so Until it's, someone it's, blew their car. And <laughs> <Well>, so <laughs> it, it's, it's a relay. You're standing on the start line and you're looking down the course and literally... 50 metres into the run, there's this massive sand hill you've got to run over and you run into the forest and you're zigzagging through the forest going over little sand hills. It's just, it's awesome. cool different races. The, the, the distance is irrelevant, the times are totally irrelevant in terms of um, how Impressive, fast yeah. you can run 5K. But it's just cool when you're standing there going, man, this is proper cost country, it's not, you know, no K splits or anything like that. Just it's really engine. cool. But I, when I turned up, I thought, man, I really do not remember doing this race any time recently in fact I don't even remember that sandhill being there <laughs> um, so maybe it was a result of the earthquake no uh, and but the thing is I, if I wanted to find out when I last did that result if I went to the Canterbury Athletics website I'd have to go through each bloody page of results year after year after year trying to find my name but all I did just went on at Athletics quick scroll through final results I did it was 2009 wow so I just love that that you've got again you've got all your results kept in one place you can go back and then you can actually look that was my time So did bed. you actually
0: finish the race?
1: No. So oh. that's another part of the story. I was supposed to be running lap three. I was a little bit late getting there. I had kids soccer. I was coaching and stuff. And I turned up. And I was ready to run lap three. But Tim said to me, oh, do you want me to run lap three? And I'll do lap four. I said, yep, sweet. So thankfully he did that. So yeah. he got to run his lap because I got... Literally 100 metres in the run and then I tried to carry on and I, there's no way I could have got around one lap and there's no way I could have got my two laps done and then Tim wouldn't have been able to have a run. So yeah. at least our team did not finish, but all those guys still register individual times. Oh, great. So that was thankful.
0: Um, so athletes, so, guys, as John was saying, you know, it, it's just that record, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You know? How, yeah, how, we how were fast placed? did you go last time?
1: Can you remember? My placing was actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> what actually led me to do was then go on to this year's results and uh, See how I was actually done. listed because they had me down as Tim and I was like I don't want Tim's time uh. get rid of it <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how I would have done I'm not generally very good on those courses but uh, I need a flack it's, it's fun but I'm just not, not that good at it Yeah. it's athelinks.com Keep all your results in one place. It's an easy way to go back. Again, you know, say this had been Ironman New Zealand and I couldn't remember what year I'd done Ironman New Zealand. Boom, you go back there. Within a few seconds you can suss it out and you can see how good you were and then perhaps the degradation of your form as I would have found when I looked at my results from a couple of weeks ago. I was like, man, I used to be a lot more competitive. <laughs> well, John, but the thing is, is, it's like brushing your teeth. Here's my analogy.
0: Because brushing your teeth... You do it every day, you should, and should floss. Are you flossing yet? Yeah. Come on, John.
1: Chris, I am trying, Christine. Because we're going soon.
0: Yeah. When's your next appointment? It must be soon. I don't know. <clears throat> Surely. We will, we'll get that kind of, yeah. what they send you a letter in the mail saying, we've yeah. booked you in. Yeah. That does my head in when dentists do I that. I had a
1: lot of teeth pulled out.
0: You're getting teeth pulled
1: out? Oh, my, a lot of my back ones and stuff, they're all sort of, yeah. <laughs> because floss. haven't flossed. There's not nothing to do flossing. No, flossing is more important than brushing, John.
0: Yeah. But if you brush your teeth every day, <laughs> then you have great teeth like mine, which aren't that flesh either because I ate too much sugar when I was a kid. But anyway, AFLINX the same. If you put your results in the time, you can, 20 years from now, the benefit is sensational. Exactly. There we go, AFLINX.com.
2: Guys, check, check, check it out. Okay, let's put some music on for Stats-tastic. Stats-tastic.
0: It's fantastic. fantastic. Okay, Jombo, we've got some stats this week. What's happening here?
2: Well,
1: again, a lot of our discussion this week and the last few weeks has been around the the women getting to Kona and having their 50 slots for the females. And I know Torsten, Torsten will probably berate me for some of these stats that I'm going to bring out here. But yeah, Be ready for the berating. I, I remember that uh, he, he was sort of saying, you know, overall the females in Kona are more competitive than the males, you know, in terms of the drop-off and stuff across the field. You have... It's just generally they're more competitive and that we have a lot more guys exploding. And I was just interested to see what the difference is. So this week's stat is the gap. Between first and tenth for males and females in Kona in the last couple of years. And I actually thought it would be a little bit different to the results that so i wait, came So wait, so the guy who gets first? The guy who gets first to 10th. So okay. this year, 10th place, or no, last year, 2014, 10th place in the men was 1557 behind the winner, and the woman was 22.39 behind the, <clears> the woman. <throat> so seven minute, you know, six and a half minutes difference there. Uh, and I thought I actually thought the woman would have been a bit closer than that. Mm. I, in fact, I wouldn't have been surprised if the woman we Were closer than the men uh, And then But, but is, it, is it
0: more that The, the, the 5 through to 10 Are a little bit slower
1: I didn't announce, an, Analyse those Stats there
0: You, you know uh, what I mean Because uh, we kind of Think about the last few years With the females You've had like Rinny running through mm. And there's normally Been a pack of runners close together it's one through five on the girls. yeah you know I remember a couple of years ago when you
1: was almost like four of them that could be a stat for next week <laughs> no, one through one three stats five <laughs> one through five and then I thought I wonder if that's consistent and so I had a look at 2013 and then 2013 the difference was 1944 so it's first to tenth on the male side of things and on the girls side of things 2508 so, so pretty similar really Pretty similar. And then I had a quick look at the, the next year, 2012, and it was uh, it was somewhat sim- similar again. So traditionally what we have found here is uh, the male's top 10 is closer in terms of just raw times than the female's. That's this week's stats. I did not go back to the Chrissy era because this would just completely blow yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was just special. She was 20 minutes in front of everybody.
0: Did you see that video that Peter sent through?
1: So Peter Colson sent through an email. Did you watch it? What the The... the the track race. Track race in, in Bordeaux, and I, I apologise, I sometimes don't, I might have said that the track uh, cycling velodrome is 400 metres, I don't know what I was thinking, there's no way it's 400 metres, you do get different lengths of track though, uh, so it's not 400 metres. Okay, so
0: Peter Colston sent through, and I'll put it on, www.imtalk is the video this week, now I think he put it on YouTube himself,
1: so... Um, it's got music over the top yeah, there, there, was, is, there was is a French. version out there uh, and I should have that as another website of the week I've had it before, it's, it's like Try clear, Try clear, or something like that they've got loads of old school uh, well, this
0: is one Peter actually
1: put up himself mm, I think he copied it and then just put music yeah. on the top of
0: it so he's saying, first of all he sent through an email saying, Craig Percival has got two challenges he's trying to, he won Ultraman Canada, got second and third second or third in Hawaii uh, but his, his goals for this year, Craig Percival's his goals are to uh, ride from Perth to Melbourne Currently, says the current record is nine days. So he wants to do it in seven days. So, oh no, he wants to do it in no. The current record is nine days, seven hours. Mm-hmm. So that's three thousand five hundred kilometers. Sounds mm-hmm. like a lot of fun, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Seven Ironman in seven days sounds like a lot of fun as well. But then he sent through the video, so I watched it. Did you,
1: did you watch it? I've I've seen bits of that before. I've I've watched it before. But so Brad Bevan cool. does lap them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he, he gets out of the water quite fast. Yeah. So it's quite cool because the swimmer smacking him man. <laughs> <laughs> they are, they are, Absolutely blitzing it in the water, man! Like it's because what, what was it, about four hundred meters swim? Yeah, oh, yeah. No, I don't know. I can't remember, but it was about four hundred meters, and they are just balls out swimming there. Yeah. They get out of the water, and Brad just smashes it on the bike, and he manages to get the lap. So he's won the race really because he gets a yeah. lap on the bike. Yeah. And then the, the bike, the bike's actually not that interesting because it's a bit more like track cycling. So mm. it, you know, but then the run, he doesn't run. He uses no shoes. Mm. He just he gets off his bike. Helmet off and away he goes, and everyone's putting shoes on. I saw he was sitting on Lessing's shoulder. Was he a lap up? Yeah, he was a lap up. And, and then Mark Allen. Lessing and Allen were shoulder to shoulder, Yeah, and he was a lap up on them, so he just sat behind them the it whole was run. Nineteen
1: ninety three,
0: and then And then at the very end, he sprang off in front of them, yeah. and then Lessing got Allen in the very last part. Yeah, So it was pretty interesting.
1: They had a big crowd too, so it was yeah. kind of crowd wise. I just think, again, we talked about one of the challenges I think the, the sport faces is. Um, I think we, this, we've got to go back to you know 2020 cricket. For non-cricket listeners, uh, it's, it's Shorten shortening game. down. Yeah. You know? I just think the future of our sport from an elite perspective and spectator-wise is to go to sprints, super sprints, different formats, keep it exciting and actually make it product. Well, a couple of years ago you were saying
0: that you're thinking by the Olympics that we're going to see this, but it's not I'm happening.
1: surprised my prophecy is not yet realised. <laughs> no,
0: <your prophecy, laughs> yeah. I had a vision. Um, yeah, because it's not going to happen, is it? Not for Rio No but I, I think it's What I'm about the team That's not going to happen for Rio either Is it Because uh, there's nobody now
2: Surely they Don't they're... know
0: about that Don't know Okay So there you go So I'll put that on Me. Check it out it's, it's a good little watch Brad Bevan was smoking fast too mm. But no shoes Because it was on a track mm. So his feet must have been screwed By the end of it Oh yeah Everyone
1: yeah. else is putting shoes on But yeah yeah, that's the risk you take.
0: Um, we're going to interview Mecca.
1: Yep, so I interviewed Mecca last night. That's why you guys may have noticed that the uh, today's podcast has come out a little bit later than normal because we had to just hold off because there is a big announcement about the Bahrain Endurance 13, their concept around this. As you say, team is not the right word as you're going to find out. It's just way a, to promote a concept of what they're trying to achieve in Bahrain. So here comes Mecca telling us all about it. There we go. Right, a lot of you guys will have heard about Bahrain Endurance 13, which has been floating around, but we've yet to see uh, any official big announcements on it uh, in terms of what it's all about and where it's all going. But today we're going to find out more about it because it is official as of today, and the man who's helping organise it all is Chris McCormick. So welcome back to the show, Maka. Oh,
3: thanks, John. It's good to be back. Always fun.
1: Um, Tell us a bit about, I mean, how the hell you first End up meeting the prince, uh, his royal highness, because obviously we know he's into triathlon. We've seen that now. Um, but how did you personally meet him and get involved in all this gig?
3: I first met um, Shake Nasser at Challenge Philippines last year. Um, you know, like like most of us who get in endurance racing, he did it. He had a, a taste a year prior in, in Ironman and uh, of our sport, and caught the bug. And uh, and he came across to. Challenge Philippines, which is a very, very difficult course um, to prepare for Ironman South Africa, which he was doing a month later. And uh, we bumped into each other, had a chat, talked about his Ironman preparation and uh, how it was all coming along. And, and he has a dream to qualify for Kona. And uh, like like all of us, he's an endurance racer himself in uh, in, in different capacities. He's run marathons. He's a, a world champion in endurance horse racing. And he just really has that endurance mindset of going faster for longer so we really connected on on those grounds and uh you know i followed him all the way to south africa he had a great race in south africa he just missed qualifying for kona by one slot and
2: uh you know we
3: we talked about it after the race and he's like ah and he's really like everybody else he's like i want to go somewhere else and qualify and uh and you know in that period of time we uh we talked about a lot and from there we ended up launching the triple crown of races under the challenge umbrella and uh And he really captured the bug of of triathlon, like we all do. And and from there, the the discussion on on creating a a team of athletes around his endurance vision sort of began. So it's been almost a year in the making.
1: So I guess the reason you're here today is talk about that team. And we've seen teams come and go, and we've seen different sorts of teams on the block at the moment you know you've got the the guys the U place bmc who look like they've got a really good model in terms of trying to create a you know a development team and with some good athletes and a good mix you've got you've had brett sutton's team in the past you've got smaller teams like marino's team and uh, they've had the abu dhabi team and dubai and they've all had their time and had different objectives. So, I guess maybe explain to us what this team is all about and how it is different to what perhaps people might be thinking that this is just a promotion for um, for Bahrain. Uh, just maybe explain what the team's all about. Well, I think you
3: know that's the first thing that came about when we discussed this vision, and it's His Highness's vision. He he sees he doesn't. Endurance racing is a single sport. He doesn't see triathlon and, and cycling, and, and you know, he, he said, "Look, there's whether you're doing marathons, whether you're doing around the world yacht races, whether you're doing uh, endurance horse riding events, whether you're doing you know, Ironmans or triathlons. Um, endurance as a sport is is uh, it's about going faster for longer, and he and he sees the, the qualities of a of a, of people who do this style of racing in any capacity as as great as noble qualities. You know, it's, it's takes hard work, commitment, dedication, perseverance, and, and even during an endurance event, you know, you, it, it really is a metaphor for life. You go through so many emotions, and, and he, uh, you know, he really said, I, I'm, I've been drawn to endurance racing because I think these qualities are the qualities my people at Bahrain should really embrace. You know, it would be nothing for him to buy a big football team and uh, and have a big football team on the Premier League or, or uh, you know, a, a big Formula One team, and he's like, you know what? I really want to find sports that that I can show my people. These are great metaphors for life. They don't need to be the greatest, most famous athletes in the world, but they're people that you can relate to and people you should look up to and say, you know what, I understand what they're doing, and and this trickles down all the way to my people, whether you do sport or not. So we we talked about his endurance vision, and and obviously everyone in triathlon said, oh, here comes another team, and I, and I, I don't see this as a team. I see this as, sure, 13 of the world's best athletes that have got together under an endurance vision. And I, and I think you will see over the next few years the magnitude of this vision and it will scale up and, and, and it's very much like a Red Bull model in the sense that you're not identified by your sport, you're identified, sure, they're triathletes, but we do endurance sports and you, you're, you're going to see marathon runners come under this vision soon, you're going to see cyclists potentially come under this vision with teams and, and that's really what he's trying to, to develop by saying... Endurance racing in any capacity is great because of the qualities that endurance races have, and, and, and it truly is. When anyone does an Ironman or an endurance event, a, an ultra marathon, you know it really is a metaphor for life during that period. You have highs and lows, you, you lock your bunker down, and, and that's what drew him to triathlon, that's what drew him to endurance horse riding, and that's what is, is, I think will keep him involved in this sport because endurance racing is in his blood. You know, it's what he does. And, uh, and, and that was how we connected. And that's why I think it's very, very different to these other teams that are, that, are, that are commercially built. You know, there is a commercial element to this team without question, but the vision is much bigger. So it, it is a marketing tool for Bahrain, but for him personally as a, as a leader of his country, he's trying to do great. He wants to be seen as the, as the prince of health and wellness. And he, he leads by example. He, he actually participates. He actually does these events, he actually races and he, he's saying to his people, look, if I can do it, you can do it and yeah, it takes hard work and yeah, it takes commitment and there is a lot of wealthy royals in the Middle East that don't do this and he doesn't have to do this. So he truly is a, a leader by example and, uh, and so when we discussed it and uh, we talked about how this could, could come about, I sat with him many times in Bahrain and when we discussed it, I said, Your Highness, this is, this is a plan that should be put into action. And, and 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 you're the you're the person to lead this because it, it really is a noble vision. When you look at this part of the world, you know they have have health issues. It's the highest diabetes problems in the world, and uh, and he wants to do something about it. And so it was a very very, you know, it's a, a very amazing, a cool vision. And I think for the athletes, you know, he has a, a, an endurance horse riding stable, one of the best in the world, and triathlon is a sport he does now. So he he said, let's. Let's go about and explain the vision to athletes around the world and let's see if they like it and buy into it. And, and we've sort of been blanketed and called a team in that concept because we're people who, who, who are born into this, this pretty cool way of looking at things. And, uh, and I, I sort of say it's like the Red Bull model. You're not identified by sport. You're identified by as being a sportsman under a, a blanket of a, of a style of sport, being endurance racing in any capacity.
1: So, so, why the number 13? Obviously, you mentioned um, I think there's 13 athletes in there, but was that, is there any particular reason for that?
3: Um, but Ivaran, his lucky number is 13. And uh, he's, he's like, we were, we were chatting about it, and, uh, and we talked about how you put a number on it, like how many in the team. And then, you know, I guess commercially, when you start talking about things, you're like, well, oh, we can do anything. But, uh, you know, he, he, it wasn't a decision to be. He's like, look, I want to, I want something to really, really buy into to my to what I'm doing, and, and my lucky number is thirteen. My my lucky horse, Victorious, is number thirteen. And and uh, why don't we find the thirteen best athletes or the best athletes to suit our vision? I want to give one youngster the chance. Like, so I want, yeah, I want great stars, but I really, Chris, I want to give young kids. I want you to make that phone call to one young guy who is the next kid, who you think is the next kid. I want you to make that phone call and I want you to tell him. And uh, we did that. So we put a young guy on the team, which was really exciting for me. I, I was really happy about making that call. We picked 13 athletes and then we, we, we layered that down with a racing team, which is six athletes, and then the next team is his national team. So he really wanted to create pathways for the kids that are at school in Bahrain. Um, we go to Bahrain and we do camps, but... And, you know, they can train with the, ra- the national team. The national team comes and trains with the racing team. And some of these kids on the racing team will be living in Girona and, and, and in Europe this year training with with um, some of the best athletes in the world. So that was really the, you know, when we talked about it, we wanted to layer it, we wanted to show kids that there was a progression upwards and these top 13, his highness's lucky number, um, was ultimately the end game where you wanted to get to. And, and one day we're, we're hoping that team has... Uh, Multiple Bahraini athletes or multiple athletes from uh, from the region.
1: So, what's the? Um, you yeah, know, we've seen obviously Gomez and Fredino and a bunch of other guys. You know, already named on the team. Um, what what are their sort of responsibilities other than obviously wearing the logo?
3: Well, they wear, we're, we're all bound under a under a colour scheme. We, we we sat down with everybody and explained them the. You know, and Yar knows His Highness very, very well. And Harvey, and met him in, in Dubai, and and uh, we sat together. And I said, "Look, this is it." You know, I, I think everybody, most people in triathlon, they go, oh, no, we're not cycling. We're not cycling. A team doesn't work in triathlon." And and I said, "Look, guys, this isn't about us. You know, taking away your who you are and, and, and your brand. We, you know, we really, we we're really trying to go to the market. So he's 13 people that." That embrace this vision of uh, you know endurance racing is cool and then, and I went to them all and said why do you do triathlon that was where I started what is the reason Javier or Yarn, that makes you get up every morning and race and train and and, and uh, I said walk away from the money side the commercial side but what was it as a kid that came here and they all when you speak to them and you ask them that question you know and that grassroots kids question they said mate I loved testing myself. I loved challenging myself and, and I said, Well there you go, you're already already buying the vision. So let me say that as a as a conglomerate group, we're gonna empower you, we'd love you to, to, to embrace colours and, and, and basically make a statement surrounding, Hey, I, I buy into this, I'm, I'm gonna jump on board this because I believe in this direction and by doing that, you know you're gonna wear this colour and, 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 and some key things that to say, I buy into this vision, and some athletes said they couldn't, other athletes said they couldn't. We didn't try and take away any sponsorships. We allowed them all to do what they wanted to do, to make a statement through a logo or, or through colour choices of uniforms that you buy into this vision. And, and over time, we hope to, to ultimately make a market value for athletes and, and say, look, you know, when you going to these big corporate sponsors, as His Highness said, you know, triathlon is a sport, yeah, it's a big sport, but... It's like good luck getting a, an Emirates Airlines to, to sponsor that because there's no commercial value. But start throwing around the world yacht racing and and uh, and triathlon and cycling and, and these things together, and selling that as a concept, as a as a as a group sport, then you can start making a market value for endurance athletes. And triathletes have a market value. Suddenly, so I can say, "Yantradino is a two or three million dollar a year athlete" because. He's he, he branded differently. I think the focus as tri- us triathletes has always been on triathlon. And uh, and then we look outwardly and go, oh, it's not fair that these cyclists make more money than us. And it's not fair that... Uh, well, that was what I thought was very, very interesting in, in the way Highness presented endurance vision. He said, look bigger. Look what endurance racing does for people. You see it in your Ironmans. It changes people's right. lives. But you guys are so small-minded and thinking... Just in triathlon, like, marathons change people's lives, endurance racing changed people's lives. So, you know, these guys like Jan and Javier were like 100% I'm in. It wasn't, so that's a fantastic concept, and yes, I would love to be involved. So, they were two marquee athletes that came on very, very early, and, uh, and, and they've been fantastic. Uh, and then we had to go through, and it was quite difficult to meet many athletes and, and try and explain to them. You know, we had a lot of people that weren't interested. I'll be honest with you. So, mm-hmm. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. And um, but the ones we got, it'll uh, be very, very surprised at the lineup. And a lot of people will say, "Oh, they just paid a hell of a lot of money for him. And That is 100% not the case. I think they uh, they believe in the direction. And when you meet, you sign a So he's a he's a he's a he's a leader, and, and he really captures you with with. The way he speaks, with his vision, with what he's talking about, and you, and you believe, you think, you know what? I think this will work, and I, and I think this is the way forward for 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 endurance sport, and uh, and all of them jumped on board, and, and we're really excited. It's, he's racing this weekend in Majorca, which is why you've probably seen you know guys racing around the world last uh, on the weekend. We were all over Bustleton, and we we're all over Port Macquarie, and we we're all, all over uh, St George, and we we had guys in, in Europe racing and. Uh, you know, but we really wanted to, to to announce the team around His Highness's first event, which is in Majorca this weekend, and uh, so we, we make the team launch today. She's um, mm-hmm. announcing the vision, and then every day for the next week, we will announce three members of the team, and then on uh, on Saturday, when His Highness races in Majorca, he will announce the three marquee athletes, and um, and you'll be surprised at some of the names that uh, we've been able to keep under the radar, and uh, it's it's pretty cool. I'm really 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 stoked to be involved because it's, um, you know, as, a, as an outsider, you know, I really wish this came along when I was racing because it's it's really, really cool.
1: Just, I guess, in terms of the grassroots in Bahrain, um, you know, I've never been there. Uh, I've never been to the Middle East, so I don't really know much about the place in terms of, of those grassroots and how they're going to try to infiltrate that. Like Bevan in Christchurch, he runs a, you know a, a running business where it's you know get up to five kilometres. Is, is is that what this is going to take over there? You know, just first step is trying to get people active, isn't that, And is that part of the team, or is it more about trying to inspire youngsters um, to, to get into the sport, or is it more getting the general population moving? And, and if so, how are you guys going to do that?
3: Yeah, the primary focus is inspiring the nation and getting, so there's a lot of, you know, you've seen the Bahrain Triathlon come there. There's now in the last year we've put on six or seven mass participation races in Bahrain. They just had a Colour me run and it's really about engaging a community and, and, and a part of the world that hasn't been exposed to mass participation events and, and to big runs and the marathons and the, and the half marathons and and, and his highness is like, Why? Uh, you know, we, we haven't had the expertise and the people to come in and do this and show us. And on top of that, we haven't had any people for, for my people to say, Okay, if he can do it, I can. And, and his highness said he was so touched. He did Iron Man um, Florida um, three years ago, two years ago. And he said, I stood there till midnight, like all of us have done. You know, and I watched people come across this line, and, and he said, That honestly, was the point that changed my life. And I said, you know what, why is this not happening in my in, in the Middle East? And this is what has touched me and endurance racing has captured me and I want to expose my people to this because so I have the health issues. I have these the same issues that the West has had years ago that drove people to get off their mum and, and exercise and, and understand that being active is, is key. Um, we're facing those same challenges now. So how do I go about showing my people this. And uh, so that was the discussion that ultimately ended this, it came about with this Bahrain Endurance Vision. And, uh, and, yeah, so it's about putting events on. So a grassroots budget is very much about putting fun runs, marathons, triathlons, aquathons, um, walks um, on in the region. And, you know, you've got a a very influential leader um, of the region, one of the, the future, you know, world leaders of this region that is, is putting his hand up and saying I want to make change not only in my country but within this region and I want to lead by example and that is why this vision unlike other commercial entities that have entered the sport and put teams together is a very very different vision so I always say it's I don't want to call it a team as such because the expectation on team is has to be some commercial end game and, and for him the measurements and the KPIs on this are very very different and uh, And so from my company's end and my end is is the group managing this for him in multiple capacities. We have people on the ground in Bahrain. Um, We have people in Europe and the US. It's about drawing people to Bahrain, number one, and ultimately putting on events within the region and and inspiring those young kids to come and do it. And he's really starting at the schools and and at the kids' level and getting them to participate. Two weeks ago, they had their... Second ever sprint triathlon in Bahrain, and they uh, they had a kids race before it, and there was over two hundred kids. Which okay, had you had it four years ago, there wouldn't have been ten. Mm. And this mm. is this is we take it for granted now, but this is what he's really hoping to do, and that's why it's uh, it's a really cool an issue.
1: What's the deal what with um females over there in terms of racing, again, I know this differs from uh, country to country in the Middle East, but in terms of females going over there, and you know do they are they able to bear their skin to to race in terms of the local females? Obviously for foreigners, they can just come in and you know do what they want when they're racing, but what's the deal with Bahrain specifically around um, the females yeah,
3: absolutely same as us, you know the same as the west. They're, you know, there's obviously a conservative element. There is no question. There is a conservative element, and um, but as for racing and and doing um, doing triathlon, they've got some great. Actually, I think they're female athletes, Young Samira, and yeah, she went to the Olympics for for swimming. She's now switched across to triathlon. She uh, she's a she's a fantastic athlete, and she races a lot of the events over there. But it's very 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 liberal yet conservative in that sense. So it's. Um, yeah, it's it's a very forward-thinking Arab nation, that's for sure. Oh, cool.
1: So, um, in it's, terms of Macarix, how's that plugging along? And anything at Pora that uh, you want to share with the listeners?
3: Um, yeah, Maca-X is doing well. We've got a um, we're all, we've got a whole group of us going again to Roth this year, and with uh, um, what else is happening with us? The team is growing day on day. I just sat with Aaron before, and we talked about our end of season. Camp. We just got told that Challenge Gold Coast is off. We had a big camp set for Challenge Gold Coast. So we've decided to keep that camp on anyway and extend it. So a lot of people preparing for Ironman 70.3 the will come down to that camp. But the MACRX group, it's a its a solid group. I really, really enjoy working out with them and, and talking to them. We've just, we just partnered with Training Till the Kiwi company. Nice. And um, nice. it was building out all our back end and will enable us to auto-populate all the program for for athletes now. So we started as a community, but now we're training plans and, and programming for everybody with all our with all our coaches. But you're able to, to pick a coach and then use our group of experts through Training Tilt to, to, to help you basically be your own CEO and manage your own training program but utilize myself and our nutritionalists and our and, and run your own corporate or your own athletic business, which is your your racing. So it's the first of its kind. We're really, really happy with that, you know, and, and training tilt. The guys, they're amazing. You know, they're over there, yeah, we can do this, we can't do this. And for us, it was uh, it was great to partner with them and, and help us build all that out. So, yeah, Macarix, it's a forever-growing community. It's always uh, changing. I love it. I really, really enjoyed it. It really keeps me connected to triathlon. You know, this Bahrain is, is definitely the high end, and having these guys... Um, you know, bossing not bossing these guys around, but, but having these guys at my disposal, like, I, I really think the X community feels like they're a part of, uh, of this Bahrain endurance vision because you know, they, a lot of these like we've talked about a lot in house, the athletes on board, a lot of my, a lot of our guys in the community know all about this team and have for the last six months before anybody else. So it's uh, they really feel a part of this, and I think that's a big plus for them. They get access to some pretty cool people.
2: Cool.
1: Um, <laughs> Very good And what about your racing for this season Obviously you're a busy man now um, What are you going to try to squeeze in
3: I'm going to do Challenge Denmark I'm racing next week My first race You know I'll start next week I've actually officially started training About three weeks ago He's am with James Cunema this morning Here at Tanjapura we knocked over it was my first time in the pool for not my first time in the pool but the first time in a month I actually felt like half an athlete again
2: yeah.
3: and, uh, mm-hmm. and that's always nice but I'm racing next weekend here in Thailand and then a, a big race big race for the area in, um, in Bintan over in Singapore just across in Indonesia across from Singapore and then I'll head up to Europe and do uh, Challenge Denmark um, and then I'll stay in Europe and I'm hoping to be prepared and ready for Norseman I'm taking my family and my kids up to do the Norseman uh, something I've always wanted to do. So for me, it's just racing, doing the events I enjoy and, and still challenging myself. And, uh, and i like
1: to do 10, 10 races a year if I can. Cool. And so I guess if anybody wants to follow um, what you're doing, they can find you on or X. Also, uh, is is Bahrain Endurance 13 going to have a website and everything uh, rolling, or what's the best way for people to follow that?
3: Um, bahrainendurance13.com is uh, the website it'll be a really really cool website um that should launch in about two weeks there's a landing page at the moment we've got Bahrain Endurance 13 on Instagram some pretty cool pictures if you get in there early you'll probably start to see some of the athletes that have been racing and uh without you know they haven't all been officially announced be like okay and um and we're um what else do we have Facebook site Bahrain Endurance Facebook site and Twitter is Bahrain Tri 13 so um yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be cool and, and follow it because this is, as I said, it's a, it's an endurance vision. So let's not call it a triathlon team. And as this will start to make more sense. You know, some of the discussions I've had of the direction His Holiness wants to take this vision he's going to blow your mind. Awesome. You know, awesome. We're, we're talking sports that dwarf, dwarf triathlon oh. uh, mm-hmm. and, and sports that if we could ultimately capture a piece of that, that commercial pie and distributed to triathletes will ultimately change the sport forever.
1: Love your work as always, Mecca. It's good to see you it's making some change. We love it. So keep up the good work. Thanks, John. John Bowie, I haven't listened to the interview. So tell me some post-interview oh. thoughts. Well, I think the, it's, it's going to be interesting. They're, they're releasing, they've already released quite a few of the names. So here's some of the names that are on the team. You've got Javier Gomez, Jan Fredino, Brent McMahon, who's one of the top 70.3 athletes. Likewise, Terenzo Bozzoni, Ivan Rana, James Carnemar, David Pleece, who I'm pretty sure is based in Bahrain. So he's one of more of their local athletes. Likewise, I think, with Eric Watson, uh, Daniela Reef and Jody Swallow. Add to that list, I'm pretty sure that, oh, no, I'm positive that uh, Paul Matthews, who won Ironman Australia, in the weekend, he had uh, the Bahrain logo on there, and I have a funny feeling Luke Bell was as well. I couldn't see a really clear picture of him, but I'm I'm pretty confident on that. Uh, you kind of got to think that um, Caroline put yeah, she's coached by Mecca. I'm, I'm kind of assuming yeah, she'll she yeah. should be part of there. I think if you if you're tight with Mecca, I think you stand a lot better chance yep. of being in Doesn't this hurt. team. Doesn't hurt at all, but yeah, um, I'm just gonna be interested to see how many more athletes they they add to this list um, and. Yeah, I think they've got a few more big names to come out. So it's yeah, it's it's just going to be different. And and yeah, they, they talked about the triple crown being a game changer, and I think it has changed the game a bit. But long term, this could be quite sustainable. You know, sponsors come and go, but royal families are generally there for for yeah. quite a big time, and their their their, well, their end the, but- outcome is not necessarily a commercial one. So.
2: It's, it well, I suppose what, what is
0: the measurement you know like it's interesting isn't it like you know like it sounds like I haven't listened to it but it sounds from what you've told me is that it's the idea is how do we influence people in Bahrain to love exercise mm. and they want to use triathlon as, as an outlet for that and then they want to use the exposure of these kind of brand names athletes and maybe get them involved so the you general know, public get to know them and then to use it as way to introduce people towards movement like triathlon so obviously the measure is are people more people moving mm. and are more people you know so uh, are the races getting bigger all that type of stuff now if, mm. they, if we find that two years from now that hasn't
1: improved I imagine that would probably be you know what would make them but I think not for, be successful the, the, the potential game changer is, is you know this is big money starting to come into the sport and that could change things long term you know at the moment it's still all about Kona but it's, this has a potential for bringing in different money from different areas and, you know, if they if they wanted to, put five million bucks down the line, same weekend as Kona, hmm, if, you, if you put a race on, the If game. you put a race on where the, t- the 20th
0: guy is guaranteed
1: 30K, let's say, mm. like it goes that deep. Or you set up, like they're doing, the triple crown, you pay really deep all of them and you go, right, we want the Best 30 athletes in the world, and we're going to pay for you to come. When, You're all going to get prize money. When's the next race in their triple crown? I don't know. Yeah, they tend to be the other end of the season. Yeah, um, so it's it is a potential game changer. Yeah,
0: well, it really is. Okay, Jumbo, um, sponsor, save my bacon.
1: You're immune, extreme boost. Endurance. so like, I'm, I'm having a bad run, so you a couple really of, are. Right. A couple I don't of weeks ago, I was vomiting and extreme <laughs> endurance is not necessarily gonna help with your any vomiting bugs that you you might have. Um, but then, and then last week Thomas got sick and I was just so, I'm just coming down the edge, started slamming down my immune boost. Boom. <laughs> oh, battled yeah. it off again. Same my bacon. Maybe so, it would have been good if I actually did get sick and then I couldn't have run on Saturday night, uh, you? don't you don't you think the what ifs? Yeah the what ifs uh. So guys I get so much feedback about the immune, bo- immune boost immune boosts in terms of keeping people healthy. Uh, you know we always talk about consistency of training and one of those Facets is A, you're not getting injured, that doesn't help me, but uh, B, is just trying to stay healthy as as consistently as you can through the year so you can train consistently. So Immune Boost, you get heaps of feedback, uh, it's got fantastic supplements in there, your your magnesium and especially your your zinc and keeps you healthy and I get a lot of good feedback on it. So check it out, xendurance.com, if you want to go to the .com or Co, uh, dot the EU site 10% discount if you use promo code IMTalk10 and for Kiwi on Aussie listeners going into winter if you're a bit worried about it then I have stocks of the immune boost as well so get in touch check it all out check 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 and just, we just did a fantastic uh, if, sorry I, I butted in You check it out yeah
0: mate because that's my
1: job yeah you, you sell I just do the check it out at the end yeah um, we did an interview that'll be coming up in a few weeks time with Howtel fantastic mm, interview yeah, really good we're interview. putting that on when I head over to Kona and uh, another extreme endurance user and he's been using it consistently and he is the real deal when it comes to running fast marathons 230 mm. well, if you if you could commit without kids what do you reckon could you get that fast um don't think so. Maybe not. Don't think so. It's different. It's different when you have got a crowd running through all the marathon. Well, like, yeah,
0: that's that's why that's why that those, those big marathons appeal
1: me to me because you do the
0: whole thing with a crowd. Mm. That's got to be awesome,
1: mm. and other people to run around with you. So yeah. And Although offerings. he,
0: he kind of talks in the interview that it's actually, if you're of your speed, mm. that it's actually not, is much of lots of people around you. Mm. But so. but that whole idea of. You know, millions of people on the street while you're running the run, that does appeal to me. Mm. Yeah. Jumbo, that's what we had an in interview. And that interview was with somebody by the name of Andrew. You may have heard of him. Yeah. His name is Yes.
1: <laughs> and, uh, Got a few feathers ruffled, let's say. A <laughs> few people were had to stop and couldn't listen anymore. Somebody was trying to, I think Torsten, their iPod. Was, Torsten was he was yelling. He was on the on the tube somewhere, the underground, and he was just he was getting so angry that he just, <laughs> and so a few people were like that. So I thought we, given we didn't summarise necessarily our thoughts on it last week uh, and maybe a bit of a summary of the interview, I thought now would be an appropriate time to do that. So this is just some of the things that I took out of the interview that my summary was at the moment it's pretty obvious there's a fundamental difference in the opinion it's opinions of the 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 female group versus WTC they believe WTC believe that proportional representation is fair and equal and Andrew was you know that is their belief they think that's fair they have equal prize money which a lot of other sports don't but they think that their current system is fair as Bevan pointed out earlier, and I think a really interesting point was not all prize money is given away to pro-female races versus men. Again, we had an example of that at the weekend. I would say that the prize money that isn't given away is pretty minuscule and it wouldn't even cover your costs of getting there, you know, like... No, but my point, the point was more is that
0: you're only getting six girls finishing the race. Yeah.
1: You know, like it's not necessarily they're not giving the money away. It's that,
0: okay, well, this is an example of, you know, look, if you are looking at WTC's
1: argument... That they're not even filling up the profile mm. to give the money away. So yep. that's and, and, and WT's big focus is how can we get more women into our sport? And they at the moment don't believe that getting having fifty women on the start line in Kona is necessarily going to change that significantly and they're going to focus on other areas and that is their big focus in terms of uh, in terms of having equality. One thing a couple of things that I'd um, disagree maybe with what Andrew said in terms of the opportunity cost of having 15 extra slots in Kona, I don't really see there is an opportunity cost because you're not taking away from age group slots, if it was a case of adding 15 celebrity slots into the general start then you are, but there's more space on the pair and the, and the space issue is not. And they're not really, really, really going to congesting up the main field no. because they're faster athletes. It's a matter of principle that they're working off. Yeah. Uh, I've got to say credit to Andrew for coming on the show and thankfully you know, we sort of gave their point of view, because uh, other people have said, you know, the mo- it seems like WTC have had their head in the sand and they're not making any comments, so have got to give them credit, and I think he-, he gave us some food for thought on a number of different areas and-, and-, and allowed people to figure out their opinions based on both sides of the argument, whereas at the moment we've mainly been hearing one side of the argument. So that was sort of my summary of what we heard from Andrew. In terms of my take on this whole thing, is I've always been of the opinion that Kona is about excellence, and it's about getting the best people on the start line. It's a quality race. It's not a development race. You know, you hear athletes saying, oh, "I, pro athletes, so I want to qualify for Kona. If you're not good enough." don't think you should be there, it is a quality race. You're never going to get a fair outcome in terms of if we go to 50 women and 50 men, then some people are going to think that's fair, other people are going to think that's not fair. There's no perfectly fair system out there and um, I kind of think part of the debate should be you know how can we actually make it fair and equitable so we do get the best athletes in kona and whether that's 60 women and 40 men or whether it's uh, 35 men and 35 women i just want to see that the best people get there and their path to getting there is is the fairest one and at the moment I don't really think it's fair for the, the way that women have to go to get there is, is not fair. And I think that one of the comments that Andrew made last week that I think really ruffled some feathers, um, what did he exactly say? Because I think I did write it down somewhere. I think he basically said that at the moment it's easier for females to get to Kona than males. In our interviewing technique, we probably should have done a probing question after that. We mm-hmm. didn't, um, but I'm pretty sure he basically said at the moment, it's easier for the woman to get to Kona. The context he said that in was I think that at the moment there's X number of pro men, and I don't know the exact number who are racing, and the, the, the pool of women is significantly I, less. I think the argument was
0: more that the athlete who's the 35th in Kona for female probably isn't as strong as a male athlete of that level.
1: No, I don't think that was the argument. I think it was... The pool, it's just the numbers. There's so many more men okay, so racing. Numbers-wise. It's yep. just a numbers game that, you know, guys have got to race against 500 others. Girls have got to race against 300 others. But when we look at like the stats, actually girls have to race more to get to Kona. Exactly, and that's that's where it's not equi- equitable. Um, so where was I going? Kona gets the best race for your uh, Best athletes on the start line. Uh, right, right. I guess I've lost my chain of thought now. But at the moment, what I'd toast and this might be a little project for you is to see, you know, the athletes that are in that sort of thirty to thirty fifth position in the males and females. Are they sort of of equitable standard based on how far behind they are? Say, say the winner. I think out of all of this thing, the main thing, well, one of the main things for me is what. Uh, Pro athletes that seriously are not good enough to be in the top fifteen, thinking about why are they thinking about going to Kona? Yeah, but that's, I, I
0: don't know if that's a good argument because the thing is, I'm an athlete. I just want to be in play in the hardest field. Now, the fact that I might not get in the top fifteen doesn't mean I should still not have that ambition.
1: Yeah, but I, I, I get you're, what you're saying. You're, you're, you're professional. You're professional athlete. Your job, your job is to go out there and make money, and it's it's a business, and that's what I don't get. If you really, if you go to Kona and you're yeah, your best day, you might get a top 20. Say you're ranked 50th male or something like that and you go in there and you, you've got no show of getting in the top top 15 and, and at the end of the day, top 10 is the only people that get money. What are you doing there? Wouldn't uh, I just don't get it why you wouldn't go off somewhere else and go, I can go and do... A challenge race two weeks before or an Ironman race one week after and I can actually make something out of this so I can you know be in the top five I can get some prize money and actually it's just I just don't get the professional side of it yeah That's I, the big question I, I, get, of I get
0: that point but I, I kind of for me I kind of say well that, that kind of neglects the fact that we're humans with emotions and that a lot of people just want to put themselves up against the best people on that day um, a lot of people may want to see it as an experience to build towards growth a lot of people want to just go to Kona you know like I totally get that you'd go well financially this is a stupid decision Mm. but at the same time you know why did you go back to Kona last year the race appeals to people and you know I know you weren't doing it for a financial it was more of an experiential thing but I think even pro athletes still want to have that experiential experience and even maybe, maybe their big goal is for the year to qualify and it's to reward is to go have that race where they're not, mm. you know, they're not, they're not going to make money, but it's their cool race of the year. Yeah. So it's like, it's,
1: it's, it, you know, it's a tough one that one. So I guess the things uh, I always like to come out of these things with some suggestions on, on how they can actually try to make things better rather than bitching and complaining and saying everything's wrong and they're, they're not getting it right. Um, I've got a couple of, couple of ideas. One of them I definitely don't think is going to fly. The other one I don't think is going to fly, but no I think it's a all. good idea. <laughs> yeah, no woman. Just bugger it. <laughs> we'll maybe pick, we'll, uh, Bevan and I'll randomly pick the 10 women we yeah, want that, to get on the start idea. line.
0: Yeah, people will love us if we do that.
1: Um, so I, I want to see it's, it's a levelling of the playoff, playing field to make qualifying more predictable and fair for both males and females because at the moment I think um, uh, somebody put on our Facebook page, it was Lucy Lucy Gossage, you know at the moment she's got 4,000 and something points and for a guy she'd already be qualified but she's got to go and do another Ironman Mm. and so at the moment that's my my big gripe, the numbers whatever, if if, if it's six I don't care if there's more women than men, I don't care I just want to see a fair system in terms of getting to the start line and my suggestion around this would be Having less races with points, so you have big point races. So at the moment, you've got Kona. It's um, you know, Kona is yep. a and race that it's it's again it's not fair on the rest of the athletes around the world who don't qualify. Those guys going to Kona have got an unfair advantage on everybody else because it's big points and you can carry those points over to the next year. Yeah, how deep are the points in Kona? Is it just top ten? Oh uh, no, it'll go all the way. Yeah. Um, so if you so do, if you get there, you're kind of in. If you do, if you get top ten in Kona. Well, let's made. say you get top five in Kona. You've got, just got to go and finish a race somewhere. Yep. Um, and that's not fair for the other athletes around the world. So Kona, Kona incumbents have a, an unfair advantage, and that's men and women. So my idea would be you reduce the number of uh, points races to a small number of races. And by that, you would have, you have your Kona, And then I would say really shortly after Kona you'd have another big points race and so then it's fair that the people that are peaking for Kona, they've got the opportunity to get big points and then you'd have uh, another race shortly after where the people that don't go to Kona can race at a similar time of the year, get some big points and you can try to level that playing field out. And then you'd only have around the world through that year maybe, there's an arbitrary number, say six Ironmans where you can get points at. So you maybe your championship races and then you can just top that up with a, a much lesser number of 70.3s. So you're reducing the number of places where you can get points. And what that'll mean is you're going to get stronger fields at those races. And I think what that would do would help eliminate some of the dead wood. I actually looked at the, the finish list in Kona last year. For both the pro men and women, and I was actually I was expecting to go through, going that guy shit, that guy's shit, that mm. girl shit, she's crap, he's crap, and then I was actually looking through, going, Christ, most of those guys on their day could actually probably finish in the top. What so guys and girls? Guys and girls okay. could finish in the top fifteen to top twenty. There wasn't actually that much dead wood, but I think by trying to get rid of some of those. Sp- B, C, D races where some of the slower guys are accumulating points and actually finding the way into Kona, I think by having less races uh, would would be a good way to do that. That being said, uh, you'd still have all your other races with prize money, I'm not saying just have six money races around the world, you still have lots of other races with prize money, you have professional fields where you can make a living but you can't accumulate Kona points. And... Yeah, I just think they would come up with a, a, a much fairer system for both males, females across the board to to get to Kona, and the girls. Are, I would actually have the number as being the same, uh, whether it's 50-50, 40-40, 35-35, have it the same. So then, oh,
0: because I thought you were going to come in and say that you wouldn't.
1: Well, this is this is my perhaps my slightly more realistic suggestion. It's just oh, to John plane, <laughs> isn't it? realistic <laughs> suggestion. Uh, so I think it's got to be fair that. The 40th woman has to do basically the same number of races as the 40th men. I don't necessarily buy into the fact that having more women racing in Kona is going to um, enhance participation rates of females within the sport. My main... Um, but
0: the argument from the people on that side of the the board were saying it's not it's not even about that. It's just about saying hey, we're we're all even equal sport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. it's not really saying that they think that by having fifteen more female pros is going to enhance the race. Although you know maybe it will. Maybe you'll get that Ben Hoffman performance where one lady qualified in the forties mm-hmm. gets the top you know top five. But generally speaking, the the thought is that it just hey. This is a pro sport. These, uh, you know, as a sport, we should be
1: representing both female and male mm-hmm. with the same opportunity at this race. So I, I do think it should be equal, um, purely because I want to see it's the same path for females and males getting to the start line. I want to see a system where you try to eliminate as much of the dead wood as you as you can, and you just simply have the best athletes. So in if the you world. could
0: think of a system where it was the same kind of path, but there was just all the same numbers, would you be happy with that? Yeah, yeah. The numbers is just it's just
1: you just pluck a number out. No, but
0: no, but no, but like let's say it's still thirty-five fifty, but then they figure out a way where within that thirty-five you can still do. It's kind of they're doing the same amount. Of, so, so
1: right now what you're kind of saying is that I just want the best in Kona. I don't care if the numbers are the the same or whatever. I want to see a system. Yeah, and no, I guess I don't.
0: No, but so what I'm saying here is that the the. If we look at it right now ultimately the points system to get it to kona right now is unfair on females because they have yes. to race more to get to kona so that's, yep. you know that's the argument that's that's all, you know kind of pretty clear so if they were to change the points systems for females so they almost had two different systems one right. for men and one for females yep, I see and, what you're saying. and so that they're also only going to be 35 girls, but they only have to race pretty much the same mm. amount of races as men to get to that that point mm. would you be happy with that
1: i still think i'd agree with you. but it's better to have 50-50 yeah but not fifty-fifty, yeah. uh, same just, same right. number. Yeah,
0: it just it is a tough one. Like, he, um, I think Thorsten wrote up a piece that I read about it, and he was just talking about how when you look at age groups, he does agree that they should the way they're doing it is the way to do it.
1: You know, you shouldn't actually have even age group slots for because it's just unfair. I think they should be. Tw- I think female should get a get more slots there as well but possibly not as many as the guys, given the number of people racing. But again, at the moment, I don't think it's fair. I'd like to see a fairer system, but that's another debate for another day. Oh, but Another door here, John. Um, I think the females get a, get the raw end of the stick there.
0: Yeah, but at the same time, when we look at the pros, yeah, it was, it was, it was, like for me, it is just that equality thing.
1: There's it, no... The big thing with this, that I'll keep coming back to, if there was a massive opportunity cost, if you go, right, we're... Uh, I just don't see any much of an opportunity cost mm. um, because it is. It's just whatever your argument is, there's it's a space there. Just, uh, yeah, anyway.
0: But, but I suppose the next question we need to ask is is it really hurting the sport? Is it really hurting WTC? Because they've made this stand. And, and like the
1: conversation with Andrew last week, nothing's going to change. Like, then not. No. He's, they weren't. It's uh, not hurting the sport. But I think it's hurting some of the athlete chances. So Torsten did a... a no, a no, but thing. I mean,
0: like, like, you know, for WTC, is it hurting them? You know, in our little world of these kind of, you know, us kind of nutbars who love the sport... In the big scheme of things, probably not. But... Yeah. Do you think anyone who's thinking about doing an Ironman this year who's never done an Ironman looks and goes, oh, wait a second, it's not a quality in Kona, mm. I'm not going to do Ironman anymore, I'm going to do a challenge race. I know we've had a few people on Facebook say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm only doing local races, I'm only... Mm. I, I don't think it's going to hurt them.
1: No. It's but it's one of those things it's a little chink in their armour. Yep. You know, they do that and then you stuff, if they stuffed up something else and this and this, it's just taking a little chink and it's and it's a pretty easy fix with minimal cost. Yeah. This is my system that I think would be heaps better. Here we go. It's never Here gonna go. I, I don't never say never, but I don't think it's gonna work. Well
0: John, we came up with the, the twelve races to Kona we yeah. use that, so
1: so this system would be fair you basically have say five qualifying races around the world and if you finish within a certain percentage of say third place, you have a Kona slot. So there's no set number of slots. One year you could have 40 guys and 30 girls, next year you could have 50 guys and 30 girls. This is basically you race well at the qualifying races, you're into Kona. So you know, let's say you have your five championship races or whatever races you designate to be in, you don't do it off the winner because then if you get that freak like Chrissy Wellington coming along, nobody's going to make the percentage. But if you go off third, you know it's got to be you know equitable, equ- close enough to being equitable. And you'd say you finished within X percentage of the time. You are into Kona. That's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen because they need some certainty around numbers. Do they really for Kona? I mean, you 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 you, you know you do you get your Torsten involved, and he goes back and says figures out a percentage that on average is going to get you. 60 males and 60 females, or get you sort of the, the best of the best, and you just come up with a percentage sort of based system. I think it'll be gold. Absolutely. No, the reason it's not going to work is because then, in theory, you'd only have to do one WTC race. You go and do your Ironman, be like the good old days. You go and do your Ironman, and you would uh, go, yep, sweet.
0: What if they did this? What if they sure. did this? I'm just kind of popping in my head right now. That they had, so I'm just going on your system here. So this idea of six races where you, pretty much all the points for Kona are there. So not your percentage one, but the other one you had where it's, okay, there's six championship races, all the points for Kona happened there. So if you want to go to Kona, you've got to do with those championship races, yep. but they're not the best paying races. Mm-hmm. So the best paying races are actually outside of the points races. Mm-hmm. So you'd have um, like Melbourne. It's a great points race. So if you yeah. if you get a top five of Melbourne, you're guaranteed. If you're, even top 10, you're guaranteed. Maybe in the top 50, you know, then you, if you get 15th, you can do another race. If you get 15th, you're going to get Kona. But the big payday is Iron Man New Zealand. Yeah. So Iron Man New Zealand's now a $100,000 race, mm-hmm. you know, like that'd be an interesting concept, wouldn't it?
1: It would. Again, it's not going to happen.
3: No, no, like no,
0: system, no, it's not, not going to happen. If I keep going to get 35, this yeah. is a pointless discussion.
1: Uh, but all this being said, Whilst they're putting the WTC uh, not agreeing to this 50 women and 50 um, men concept at this stage, they are constantly tweaking the KPR, trying to make it a better system. And I think year on year, they are making progress in that regard. Um, But in this instance, I think by and large, most people seem to be of the opinion that it should be equal. And yeah. I've sort of come to the conclusion. I agree with that. Uh, and but in terms of the the number, that's just an arbitrary number. Whether it's forty or fifty or whatever it is, I would I, I would think by the look of what we've seen in the last couple of years, fifty men gets you covered. You get all the best guys there. Nobody really misses out. So I think that number is is quite good. There's always a couple who miss out, but more than yeah. like a hurt bad season. Yeah. Um, and at this stage, uh, thirty five women, and you look at their list and you go, nobody's really missed out. But I guess the point is, someone like Mary Beth Ellis or, uh, or Lucy Gossage has had to do more races to, to get there, and so they turn up to Kona a bit more smoked. So I think still needs to be a work in progress, and WTC probably just need to listen a little bit more. How many would you have, Bevan? Um, uh, you'd, you'd have equal? Yeah, you have to. Mm.
0: You know, like a, like when Andrew was speaking last week, he kind of made some good points. I was like, oh, that's a good point, you know. Mm. And, and we got an email from someone saying that they kind of, let's move on, this is kind of a, a kind of mute discussion. Um, but in my mind, it just looks a bit silly. Mm. You know, it's just for anything more, just, you know, like it's just a bit of a no-brainer, really. Mm. You know, so just do it. Anyway, Jumbo, you've got a special. I've got a couple Non-special. of special with us, oh. a new segment. A <laughs>
1: new segment. I've just got a couple of sponsors for um, for our camp over in Kona coming up. So if you want to get some salt sticks, you can go to shopsaltstick.com. Use the promo code I am talk. you get 10% off. So I'm helping the audience, Bevan, looking after people. Okay. Likewise on Infinite. So Infinite is the product that I use when I race Ironman races. Basically means all your nutrition is in a bottle. See you later, Joe. <laughs> and... Works gold for me. Get ten uh, percent off. Use the promo code Coach John, and you get ten percent off. And that's on the uh, InfiniteNutrition.us, and also on the .com.au. So if you want to get some Infinite, try it out. Ten percent off. Coach John is the code. Coach,
0: good old Coach John. I know him. Hmm. Just say, I know Coach John There you go He's young. a good guy that Coach John Yes And you can even go to au. Did you say that? Yes Good, because I wasn't even listening But I was just thinking about I was looking at the Salt Six website To be honest Good The guy's been around for years I always love him Because you see him in Kona He's always got his product on him Yeah What's yeah. his name? Oh, you just uh, put you on the <laughs> spot I <never> Jonathan <laughs> Jonathan That's uh, it Jonathan Tonkin Yeah yep. He's been here for years Old Jonathan, he's a good man Okay uh, Jumbo Questions Jumbo and answers. Jumbo. answers Good old Phil, Philip Sissy. That's a good last name, isn't it? He's got a rant, John. He had a rant, didn't he? He had a rant about ITU not getting the distances right now. He did South Africa, didn't he? And he was saying it was Mickey Mouse. I think he got second, didn't
1: he? He got on the podium.
0: Yeah, he did pretty well. And. A, hey, have you got the email in front of us? You haven't used it? No,
1: talk? so what basically happened was he was annoyed that the distances weren't correct. Yeah, you know, this is an ITU race, and especially the run, come on, it, it team. was not 10K. And we've had this discussion before. It's not just ITU, it's uh, WTC. And it's, it, to be honest, it's across the board, you not think having a Come distance. On.
0: Like, I know back in the 70s when you were in it, John. Back in the 30s yeah. when you were doing it yeah. in France with, yeah. the, with the old bikes and that. You know, I, I get it, I get it. You know, a little bit harder back in those days. Everyone's got GPS nowadays. Yeah. How hard is it to set up a right course?
1: Yeah, I've, I've expressed my opinions. If it's a small race, you kind of just make it work yeah, the best totally. you can. but for but an ITU it's, race. For an ITU age group race, I think you might as well. You know, people, I, I would appreciate having a little out and back somewhere on the course just to make it up to 10K. I'd go, what the hell am I going down this little pathway for 100 metres and back with an extra U-turn? And I'd go, well, deal. it gets me to 10K, so fair enough. Well, but also, I'd, yeah.
2: Philip,
0: I'm pretty sure Philip sent through this email. We give WGC a hard time when don't do a good job. Mm-hmm. ITU was average in South Africa, he was saying. Mm-hmm. He got on the podium. They took him behind the finish line. He had to wait for ages before they did a ceremony. He was basically mm-hmm. getting sick as he was waiting for it. Mm-hmm. So come on, ITU. You can just, you know, you sharpen up as well. Yeah. John, we're legends. We do nothing wrong. We do nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, John, but we also got Alistair... Horobin uh, He sent us through a website And this is the ultimate triathlon This guy here is an absolute nut bar I'm sure I've
1: mentioned him before His name is,
0: what is it, it's Sean Conway And Sean Conway's decided it's a good idea To do a triathlon Around Great Britain. So he's going to run up Great Britain. He's done
1: it. Oh, has he done it? Yeah. So this guy, uh, he's actually, Discovery Channel looked like they're following him. So he hasn't done this consecutively or anything like that. But basically, probably the most. What do you mean consecutively? Has he done it? He hasn't done his swim bike run. So he has basically been the first person to swim the length of UK. So it's from a place called John O'Groats, which is the top uh, top of Scotland, down to Land's End, which is the bottom of England. And he basically, one year he swam it. And it took him four and a half months to swim <laughs> the length of the country. Four and a half months. Yeah. I don't know how far he was swimming each day. But he, this guy, he's the big ginge man, he's got this massive big beard. And i, I said, just like my bend. I watched a little clip with him and he said one of the reasons he grew his beard. Was when he was No when he was swimming He was having this Massive jelly you know, Jellyfish oh. everywhere And they showed this picture And he was just swimming Through a jellyfish And he found it really Effective to have the beard To keep the jellyfish Away from his face uh, oh. That's where the, the beard Came from That can't so, be fun I got, When I was in Hawaii Last year I just slightly Touched the jellyfish and yeah. It was like it came up in a big Bloody swelling yeah. thing And so, swimming through them So what he's done He's biked Biked the length Of the the, the country Or the United Kingdom, um, he swam it, and now he's just finished running it. So, whilst it's not technically a triathlon, he has swam, biked, and run the length of Great Britain.
0: So he didn't do it all at one time. No, he did it over a few years. Oh, um, week,
1: week, <laughs> week. So, I mean, I can't believe we're even talking about this. The um, the, the the bike is nothing. Sick. I mean, the bike's still a big deal, but there's loads of people that have done the bike. It's not. Uh, overly onerous but the run he was running up to 40 miles a day that's quite a long way so you got to take your hat off to that but the most impressive thing is that he swam that distance and uh, took him four and a half months but uh, how fun you fund that? you know what I mean? Like, I, he, he doesn't good PR? He, he, no he's just uh, one of those guys that's just a bit out there and yeah don't, don't think he will be making millions out of it he's this. fishing while he's swimming pretty, pretty much <laughs> pretty much <laughs> yeah he was camping you know when he was doing his his uh his bike or his, his run he was just like camping in fields and farmers fields and stuff like that so I don't think it was overly expensive but takes so life that life isn't it because you know I think a lot of people the idea of doing something like this is kind of appealing but at the same time I like social yeah but its yeah, this guy's just, he's just, a, he looks like a bit of an out there guy. And if you want to find out more about it, discoveryuk.com um, are going to be basically producing a show on his uh, this latest leg, which was running the length of the country. He did actually try to run the length of the country, um, a, I don't know, a little while ago, but he failed because he fell over when he was taking a selfie of himself <laughs> and injured himself. Oh, that sucks. Awesome. Yeah. So. Did you watch the fight? No. No. <clears throat> It was
0: a bit of a disappointment anyway.
1: <laughs> um, so good on that guy.
0: Okay, Peter Griffiths is sent through. Uh, short subject in short and stadium races. Rev 3, Rush.
1: But, as he was, last week, we, we were talking. Yeah. this week, we talked about the race in the indoor triathlon in Bordeaux in 1993. And then if you want to go Rev 3, whilst that's been uh merged now with the challenge races they still have a race in richmond virginia which is similar concept there that's basically inside a car racing track this one but they put a swimming pool in there and so you get to swim bike and run in a really safe environment draft legal for age groupers and i think we're going to start to see more of that having some some draft legal races for age groupers Uh, but just a cool concept so (laughs) check it out
0: I've got another email here, actually, John, I've just pulled up that I remember came through. Uh, this is from Robin Trotman. Just, uh, hey, Bevan, I'm a medical doctor and have always been interested in the ridiculously sophisticated doping programs for cyclists. Uh, for more info, read Tyler Hamilton's book, which both of us have, uh, you'll get some, doping, uh, some deep insight into that. Many others have written about this too, but his book is great. I wanted to answer your question about the cost of doping with EPO. Do you remember, I was talking mm-hmm. about this a while ago. Um, you asked several weeks ago, and I wanted to bring you up to speed as best I can, and since there are many like us, like many of us, who has been athletes wanted to beat farther time, and I suspect more folks use UPO sorry, EPO than suspected. I, of course, don't. <laughs> uh, but I am more of a fan of I am sport than a racer. I race only once or twice a year in the last few years, but I love to train, etc. Not sure what dose of EPO most folks or dopers use, but the medical patients with anemia would use around 5,000 5, units three times per week. Different doses for different indications, uh, but that's a starting point. From what I read, that is about what most folks used back in the day, so most of the athletes would have done. So in US dollars, that would cost around 300 to $500 per week retail if you wanted to do it safely you would also get your hemograt, Hem- how do you say that one? Hemograt? Hematocrit. Yeah hemograt uh, oxygen carrying percentage to your blood on a regular basis if it gets too high you can die this test might cost you $100 every 2 to 3 weeks, many cyclists did this back in the 90s I suspect that it would cost more to do the open contraband market where the risks and logistics figure into drug procedures and costs interesting stuff, so really if you want to get on the drugs team, if you want to you know, get that calf right John and get this you know, yeah. healthy Tell when you do your marathon, get some EPO into you. you you're really looking at probably about thousand bucks a month,
2: sort
0: of. No, been closer to two thousand really. Mm. So five, you know, up to five hundred bucks a week, and then you got your, mm. your test you got to do every couple of weeks. So somewhere between a thousand to two
1: thousand. Which for us, they don't do it twelve months a year, so no. it it's not significant in terms of the, the salaries that those that that the, the top level cyclists are getting. That's not very significant. No, they're earning. You know, Six figures Most of those guys well, I mean he, no, In terms of even the, the domestiques and stuff Are on six figures The top guys Are, are, are millions Well uh, a
0: friend of mine Was doing the Cycle National Tramps mm. Recently in New Zealand And he said there were These guys here Who were just Obviously on drugs mm. You know Like it was just like And this is just age groupers These aren't top mm. New Zealand cyclists And that's the thing Is for a lot of age groupers Dropping 500 bucks a week On something like this You know Who have got a lot of money It's an, It's not. You know It's not Like for you and I no, but for mm. you know everyday people or for more wealthier athletes, it can be a choice that they can afford to do. It is interesting. It's like, As you say, it would be interesting to see, I mean, well, triathlon pros. They'd never do that, do they, John? No, never. Never, never. So thank you very much, Robin,
1: for that one. That's really interesting. John, patrons. Uh, We have Jeff the Explosion Curry, Brad the Looker Armstrong. Did you
0: make these up or did you just bring up the ones that we've done in the past? I made
1: some of them up. Oh, one of them. One. (laughs) (laughs) That's correct. You you got me there. (laughs) Brad the Looker Armstrong. And that was the one you made up, wasn't it? No, actually the next one I think I made up. Um, Actually, I might have done two. Uh, Andy the Lion King Cipollini. Why the Lion King? Because Cipollini... Mario Cipollini used to be the best sprinter in the world and he was a real out-there sort of character and one of his names was uh, the Lion King. So I went with Cipollini, the Lion King. Lucy, I thought we had um, a nickname. I thought we had a nickname for Andy and Lucy but I couldn't find them so I came up with another one. Lucy Blinkers Francis. Nice, why Blinkers? Because... sure we got a nickname for Lucy? Yeah, so did I but I couldn't find it. Um, Dick Francis was an author my dad always used to write. Wait a second, let me
0: guess. I'm going to say...
1: Detective novels, sort of yeah. Horse ra- it was centred around horse racing oh, as well. Have so you thought- ever read any? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but horse racing, I was thinking blinkers. You know, the horse oh, had their blinkers nice. on. Nice, focus Francis. looking forward. So, yeah. Uh, Lucy blinkers Francis, and then finally Matt the Albatross Young. Nice. So guys if you want to be a patron of the
0: show go to www.imtalk.me you'll see our patrons page We've got different options that you can sign up for and it just helps John and I get the show getting better and better and Keeps us doing what we're doing
1: And everybody that goes in there gets to go in the draw to come to Kona with us next year And actually
0: there won't be that many people in it this year because we're not doing the book thing so Mm. It'll be you know Stand a good chance Yeah stand a good chance of winning that trip to Kona so Mm. Get on it team support the show support if this is a big part of your triathlon week uh, you know, a few dollars to help us do what we're doing it really goes a long way. So thank you very much. And for those who are already patrons, you guys are rock stars. Okay, Jombo sponsors, Athlinks.com, social networking for endurance athletes, extreme endurance, keep yourself
1: healthy and fit. And of
0: course, our lovely patrons, you guys are rock. Okay, Jombo, what's your goss
1: My gosh. Other than your calf. Other than my calf, that's that revolves around a lot of life at the moment. I've got currently got my compression socks on 24/7, going to bed with them every night. Wow. You yeah, yeah. will. hair raises. Sorry. Heel raises? No, no, I haven't got the heel raises. Icing it regularly, slapping that ice on a lot, uh, doing a little bit bit of flexibility work, a little bit of self massage. Starting to come right, but geez, it was pretty sore. Are
0: you good at doing your flexibility and strength? I am now. (laughs) (laughs) Famous
2: last words.
1: (laughs) I hate doing strength work. I do it. But very begrudgingly. But I, I do strength through it twice a but week. But do you like calf
0: raises and stuff, like eccentrics. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, we do sort of plyometrics and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I'm um, on it. I mean, I could do a lot more, and I, and I know I'd benefit from it. But uh, don't do you it. You
0: listen to that fifty. You know, you listen to the book, the interview we did with old um, Halter. No, 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 no. Who was it? One. Um, you know, the famous writer um, who wrote the book of having fifty. Oh, Joe Frill. Joe Frell, you listened to the interview. You yeah. did the interview. Yeah, what do he know. say? Strength works really important as we get older. I know. Your muscles are depleting now, John.
1: How old yeah. are you now? Turning twenty three next week. You're thirty eight. Yeah. Are you thirty eight or thirty nine? Thirty-nine this year. <laughs> okay. You're gonna have fortieth? Sorry? You're gonna have fortieth? I'm gonna be in France on Epic Camp for my fortieth. If anybody wants to come on Epic Camp to share my fortieth <laughs> nice. with me. Epic Camp France. S- Still got a few slots. <laughs> Looking 40. good. Is uh, there any warrior? No. No. What, what worries worried? me more is that I'm just getting slower, and I'm not happy about that.
0: Well, having an injury doesn't help. I know. It's because you're losing happy. your
1: strength. Come do some weights with me, mate. We'll oh. get you to do some squats. Mate, I might, do take take squats. Up, might take you up on that. Right. Uh, what else yeah, happened? you <laughs> I went to um, Phantom of the Opera at the weekend. Oh, did you go? Yeah. Was it awesome? Yeah, it was really good. Was bloody loud. Oh, it's an opera. I know, but for, yeah, it's loud. It's, I'm not complaining, but it was it was loud. Oh, but It was yeah. good. Uh, really good. Yeah. Nothing worse when you go
0: somewhere and it's quiet. I went to the movies a while ago and it was quiet. Mm. I was like...
1: Went out for dinner before, went out for dessert afterwards, went a little Ooh. crazy.
0: Whoa, wait, you keep on, mate. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> so I
1: right. know. Again, this is on the same day <laughs> the injury happened.
0: So wait a second, where'd you go for dinner?
1: The Laboratory Cafe. Oh, mm. where's that? Corner of New Regent and... Outside, outside of Crush, It's just in something, but on the corner of New Regent Street. Oh, yeah. Really good. good? Yeah, tiny little place. Dessert? Because it's what's it called? Sticky fingers? No, am I?
0: No, you're thinking of. Uh, I don't know the one you're thinking of. Oh, it's doing my head in, John. I don't know the one. It's so a dessert famous. place. Yeah, on it's on bloody Memorial Ave or is no, isn't it, or, or bloody B F.
1: This is a boring podcast. People are loving. We're talking about location of restaurants in Christchurch. The best thing is Blunder doesn't eat. She only had about half her dessert. I had this massive dessert. What'd you go with? Uh, this chocolate thing, and it had chocolate. It had chocolate. Is chocolate, the one where chocolate the chocolate comes out the top? No, I had oh. I had like a chocolate fudge fudge brownie um a chocolate ice cream chocolate mousse, a chocolate ch- chocolate everything <laughs> chomp that was like oh, i'm pretty full blinda's only eating half hers okay what she over, what hand it hand? over she had more chocolate stuff, something else but, uh. did you feel was sick yeah i did a bit we went to yeah. winnie bago's on saturday
0: night pizza mm-hmm. and I a perfect meal because i was pretty hungry because i went for a run i went for a run the other day jumbo you know sometimes when you go for runs and you just feel awesome I don't know that
1: feeling at the moment. No, but yeah, well, back, I, in,
0: the, back I, in the day, I'm just I'm just getting into my running now. So three times a week, did a 16k with Joe the other day because she did 36, so I joined her for the last 16. Did a couple 40 minute runs, you know, just easing myself back into it. Got to because my normal my my house I live on a, on a hill and, and there's a beautiful trail called Harryell. Which is a nice, it's a beautiful run, isn't it? Girls are going running up there as soon as I finish this podcast. There we go. So Harry L is kind of straight up the hill from my house. It's an 8K run home there and back. Now, when I'm in my fittest, f- somewhere around 40 minutes from home is a good run. On Monday, I did it around 50 minutes. But, you know, I wasn't pushing because I'm going to... Well, on Saturday, I hadn't done much exercise. I so will go for a run. I'll do out I got to the top and I was at 25. I thought, can I get back in 15? So the so down. So I chased j- it. I couldn't do I, I did. I did... Forty minutes and seventeen seconds, but man, I was flying. <laughs> Jesus, it feels good to run fast, especially because it's a perfect decline here, our, isn't it? Yeah. And then yeah, so I was just, I was, mate, Forrest Gump. I think I did my last K in three oh six. <laughs> <laughs> admittedly that was downhill. Yeah. So,
1: but I was killing it. Um, any have goss? That's it. I'm lining up legends. I'll maybe announce that next week. Uh, looking good. Got a good guess next month. If is it is comes it? through? I'm not telling. I'll make sure I will confirm <laughs> it once I've got the name. I don't <laughs> You're wanna... gonna tell me?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just find out on the day. Oh, this is who we're interviewing? Yeah. Uh, what was my goss? Uh, Um Did you lose your pub quiz this week? Did you put your put your No, z- we only do it like once a month or so. Okay, so we're not that consistent. Mm. The boxing we watch the boxing. Mm-hmm. That's disappointing. Everybody really said that, but
1: Mayweather was so good,
0: was. but he's not that exciting to watch. I just struggle with him because he's just such a douchebag. Oh, he's a dog. Yeah. He's the biggest dog ever. Yeah, but he, the thing is, it's unfortunate really because. The guy's obviously—I know nothing about boxing, so I can't talk mm. boxing at all. But from what I do know, he's—he's he's a defensive king, so he's mm. really hard to attack. But he, and he's obviously pretty good at, at fighting, but he's just not that exciting to watch. Mm. So Pacquiao had a few bursts, but yeah, so we went around to boys. It was quite funny, really, because we were all the boys. Porno was there, there's about mm. ten boys, and what was happening was I turned up early, and then everyone kind of arrived not long before the fight. But Joe and I had to go to my parents' house because we had our Easter egg hunt. Because yeah. Mum and Dad were away for the Easter egg Hunt, so we kind of hit the yeah. Easter egg Hunt late. So, because we were, we're going to turn up late to the Easter egg Hunt, Joe came and watched the fight, mm. and um, uh, and then we had to leave pretty much as soon as it finished. Jombo, it's interesting when you put a female in a room of men mm. because before Joe turned up, when the, the woman with the cards, yeah, lots of comments, <laughs> lots of comments. Nice. Once Joe turned up, those comments kind of just whittled away. She's done nice here, she's done well with that, yeah, 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 totally. I told Joe because we were doing an open mic with the band next week, and I said, Joe, you need to get in your bikini, mm. come stand on the side of the stage, nice. you know, because I'm a rock star now, yeah, I need yeah. the, the hot blonde on the side of the stage. Yeah. She said, I'll do that for your honey, so she's gonna get, you know, get her hair fizzed up, you know, and oh. some makeup. Yeah. Put some what are those what are Just those turkey things in, in the there? breasts? Yeah. <laughs> Make your yeah. breast look bigger. <laughs> oh, I tell you, mate, being a rock star is hard work. So that's it pretty is. much it, John. Right. Oh,
1: yeah. Girls gotta go running. How far they doing today. Are they building it up about ten minutes extra each Why week? Why didn't you do the rest as well? Sorry? Why didn't you do the race as well? What race? Abel hey, Tasman. Oh it only a, it's only It's not that like long Before my big Auckland marathon So no No way Jose Somebody's got to Look
0: after the kids As well Are you, are you going up
1: mm. Yep yep. <laughs> I suppose you go To the beach. Sorry yeah, yeah, Go to the badge Exactly,
0: bench. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is, So wait How far are they Going today
1: I think about An hour 20 Or something like that Do Probably you charge them For the program <laughs> They pay <laughs> They pay <laughs> They pay <laughs> Yeah All
0: right. let's, let's wrap this up I'm
1: Russ I'm Mendo Trainer hard. rain Smart Kick kaha, kaha.